0: Halloween program is intended for immature audiences only. Don't think, just listen.
1: Coast to coast, border to border, and around the world, you're going online with
0: Good day, everyone. Yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and you're online with Bill Alexander here on WMCK.FM and also on Fayette TV, Channel 77. And we're streaming on italknet.com as we broadcast from the Phil Giannetti Motor Studios, high atop High Street in Brownsville, Pennsylvania. If you're looking for a quality pre owned vehicle, give Chip a call at 724 785 6800 and tell him Bill sent you. Why don't you? Anyhow, so we're back in the studio tonight and i i'm listening to the opening i've been listening to the opening a lot recently and i'm going i wonder if my audi- if my interview whenever i play the opening if they get insulted when it says this is for immature audiences only and don't think just listen i don't know i, I may have to rethink that opening which i have been using as we were talking to uh, someone the other night i've been using that opening since uh 1997 when I used to work radio? Hard to believe. Time flies when you're having fun. But enough about me talking about the good old days. On the phone line tonight, we have a uh, young lady out of Loudoun County, Virginia, by the name of uh, Kristen Marriott. And she is putting together a really interesting concept. And without me going too much into it, I'm going to let Kristen explain it to you. And we're going to talk about the local music scene, not only in her area, but everywhere else and how we can get people more involved in it. Um, So let's uh, go to the phone lines right now and talk to Kristen. Kristen, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Bill. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad that you can join us this evening. So before we get started, give me a little bit of background about yourself. You, you are a performer um, yourself, correct?
1: I am. I'm the lead singer of Queens Over Kings, which is a band where, based out of Loudoun County, Virginia. It's me and my four siblings. Mm-hmm. We've been playing for about 10 years together and uh, put out our first EP two summers ago. And now, as you mentioned, we're moving into a new project, which is opening a uh, recording studio also in Loudoun County.
0: So, the recording recording studio that you're opening up is not just for you, it's actually being created for the community, correct?
1: It sure is. So, um, one of the things that we noticed, you know, in our 10 years of performing and recording uh, is that as much as we were able to get out and meet people, we didn't really get a chance to perform as much in the area that we wanted to, which is our hometown. Um, And so we started, um, my mom and I actually started doing pop-up events in in Loudoun. We would go to businesses and say, hey, we'll bring in a band, and we'll just have a good night together. And um, that worked out really well. Um, So we've been kind of moving along that track, and it was just a logical next step to say, why don't we just build the studio and Um, Beyond traditional music recording, we're going to also have some opportunities for um, community members to come in and use our services as well.
0: Which I think is an awesome idea because with with the way our society is, and because people are so interested in communicating to one another in many different ways, as you mentioned to me, there's a couple writers that you have that are interested in recording their audio books, but they may not have invested um money in that type of equipment. So you're gonna have it available for them to be able to use it. Now, will you show them how to use it? Will you have someone help them with it or how's that gonna work?
1: So we're gonna have um it would be our audio engineers and we have um a young man who would be our audio book producer.
0: Okay. Um
1: and so um we one for example, um one lady that we've spoken to, um, she is from a country in Africa and she had spoken to a few studios and their response to her was that, that it would be difficult to record her. Um, and in talking because she had an accent, right. um, and in talking about, um, when talking with her about what she wanted to do, I mean, it, it made sense to us that we could very easily get a, a voice artist for her to read the book and maybe just have her do, you know, a foreword or an introduction so that she still has some ownership of that, um, and she and it was interesting because her response was, "No one's ever thought of that before. Oh, no one's really? ever said that." To me. <laughs> so, um, so really providing those those opportunities for people who haven't had the chance, um, and on top of audiobooks, in terms of authors who have written, um, we've also had um, a grandmother who came to us and said, "I would love to record stories for
0: my grandchildren who live far away." which I think is an awesome idea um, because I would have never thought of something like that or doing um, family oral histories by putting someone in the room with it. Um, Recently, my uh, 93-year-old father-in-law recently passed away and we had enough foresight to record some of the things that he said or some of the stories that he had before he passed away, but I know most people don't think that way. And this is a great way to get get someone in the studio. You don't have to worry about the equipment. Someone's going to do it, and they can give it to you as a digital file, and it's all said and done.
1: Exactly. And taking it even further to, you know, birthday wishes, graduations, those kinds of things for family members that aren't, you know, uh, with us or, that might be far away, um, giving it a ch- giving people a chance to stay connected, as you said, with with t-
0: technology. Really, what is really interesting about this, and I did not think of this until you just said that about people far away, is that I know that during. Um, and I mean this is going back a long time ago but during during the Korean War and, and and the Vietnam War and stuff like that people had portable tape recorders and they would record on small reel to reel or they would record on cassette and they would send them back and forth through the mail where they would actually have conversations going back and forth. And what you're doing right now with what your idea is, is actually moving that into the 21st century by making it digital, which I think is really awesome.
1: Exactly. And that's really all it is. Um, Really just giving the community a chance to see how this particular creative industry works. Yeah, Um, They can really be involved. That's, That's the whole point.
0: Now, are there any other organizations that are behind you in doing this, or is this just you and your group?
1: It's just me and my my family. Um, We have been in the music industry, like I said, for a number of years now, and we're just putting it all together.
0: Uh, One thing I'm going to suggest you do, if you haven't done it already, is find the Historical Society in Loudoun Mm -hmm. County and tell them that you want them to do oral histories for you.
1: Oh, that's fantastic! That's be- a great idea. Because that's that would
0: host. that would be a yeah. great way to get that out there. And I can guarantee, in their museum, they're going to want some of that because people aren't going to be here forever. As much as I hate to say it, and this way they can talk about certain things. And the historical societies love this love this type type of setting and this type of um, venture that your guys are try- trying to start out with.
1: That's a great idea. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. So um, now another thing is, as you mentioned to me also off mic, is you talked to me about podcasting, that um, you're going to be able to, to do that there.
1: Yeah. So um, that's something that we've recently learned a little bit more about and uh, have had some interest there as well. Um, people who, like you said, don't have the equipment themselves, just want to come in and do their thing. Right. Um so we're going to be looking into um, inviting others
0: to do that as well. Oh, um, and how is the interest for that so far?
1: Uh, we've only had a couple. Uh, we really haven't uh, pushed that as much as we have, like I said, with the audiobooks or um, with the with the um, community-based part of it. Okay. Um, it really is going to just depend on um, who we have in the area that is interested. Yeah.
0: Now, you have a... Um a, uh, a contribution site set up through Indiegogo for Blank Tape Studios, and there are some photographs here of that, and this actually looks like a very large facility.
1: Um, yeah, I, I wish I had the square footage numbers for you, um, but really, we have three rooms. Okay. Uh, one is, and they're each dedicated spaces, so we have a live room, we have a uh, control room, and then we have what we call the Artist Lounge, and it's all connected by a great hallway um, that we want to be able to use as an art gallery if people want to use that space for that because it's got this, I mean, huge, wide wall that would be great for hanging um, art and things like that. So um, we're just really, we're, right now we're in build-out, so we're still painting, we're still putting things okay. together. So those folks you're looking at are, are uh, wishful thinking, rendering, oh, okay. <laughs> that we are hoping to be able to um, meet that kind of meet that particular standard that vision
0: so where is this um the whole blank tape studios located at
1: it will be in sterling virginia or it is i'm sorry it is in sterling virginia um which is uh, for us about 10 minutes from home um but it is right here in Loudoun county for us
0: yeah. okay and um it's easily accessible plenty of parking stuff like that
1: yeah, actually, um, one of the great things about the location, it's right off of one of our main highways, Route 28, um, really easy to get to, um, and the parking's phenomenal. There's lots of space there, So, um, and what's even better, I guess I should say, is uh, the particular door that we would have people come through, especially for musicians who are bringing in instruments, great access. Oh, that's good. To the parking.
0: Yeah. Now... Is the facility, and I know right now this is really hard to say because it's not open yet, but is the facility going to be open for a set of hours during the day? Or are you going to be by appointment only? How's that going to work?
1: So, in terms of the uh, recording, it will be by appointment only. Um, but we will have um, a few classes and workshops and things that will happen um, depending on what the topic is uh, okay. during the day. Yeah.
0: And um, what would some of those topics be?
1: Uh, so for our first two workshops, we're going to be doing um, how to set up your, your EPK, your electronic press kit, um, and uh, helping musicians with, with those types of things, your video, your photography, okay. your, your setting up your, your page there. And then another one uh, we'll be, be doing is preparing to work in a music studio. Um, that's something that we've learned that not every artist has though they have the desire to work in the studio they may not necessarily be prepared Uh, and so we're going to focus on those two things um, in terms of artistry. One of the other things we're doing um, just because you know again it's all about the community we're also going to be offering um, music classes music and arts classes for uh, zero to three years old um, for kids to come in during the day to just kind of Learn about music and hang out, and uh, for a little bit of mommy and me
0: time. That's actually a very good idea. Um, so, whenever you come in, now is there a, a set fee to do this? Is it a scale? How's that going to work?
1: So we generally do things by, per hour. So um, our services start at fifty dollars per hour. Okay. Um, uh, workshops are um, are less than that, but um, we expect to have more uh, suits. Students, I should, I guess, I could say um, those who are coming to the workshops. Um, but our services start at about fifty dollars an hour.
0: Okay. Now you were talking about uh, the band members getting them familiar with recording in a studio because most of them, if they've done any performing, if they've not, if I mean, especially if they're new band starting out, most likely they practice in someone's basement or garage, and yeah. they're <laughs> they're not familiar with working on a uh, a set time schedule which i'm sure you guys are going to be going okay we have to do this 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 and this when you set up you have to make sure everything's ready to go and you have to start Mm -hmm. at this time because i can imagine that if you're new to this it's something totally different and you assume that you have all the time in the world
1: yes um one of the key differences um is this is the scheduling is kind of the order in which um tracks are are recorded okay um and one thing that two things actually that tend to throw musicians off from the start um is that the best recordings are actually um done individually so instead of having the full live band you actually do each instrument one by one okay Um, and a lot of times bands aren't they didn't. They're not um, familiar with that. You know, they've been performing on stage together and they've been rehearsing together, but they haven't really spent the time rehearsing their individual part on their own. Um, and then the other thing that tends to throw them off uh, is playing to a click track, which is a continuous metronome, um, right. and that could be uh, difficult <laughs> for
0: <laughs> some. Reason. Well. Yeah, I, I can imagine it could be, um, especially for those musicians that are self-taught. I can see that being very difficult.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's probably one of the
0: um, more predominant uh, uh, hurdles we've seen. <laughs> okay. Now, um, whenever, whenever you came up with this idea, it was you mentioned it was you and your mother that came up with this idea, or is it your idea yourself?
1: Um it's, it's always been a family thing.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh,
1: so like I said the band is me and my four siblings and that's been going for about 10 years and then uh, my mom and I started doing event planning. Okay. And then my two brothers are the audio engineering side and so we just kind of like I said we put it all together and that um it's been the four of us kind of working on this together.
0: Now when you came up with the idea did the community comments and, and someone mentioned to you hey we need something like this in our community? Or it was something that you saw a need for and felt that you your family could actually fill that need.
1: i It would be the second one. We definitely saw a need okay. um, because it was um, it's something that we had wanted and had looked for um, but had not found. And um, we actually knew a friend who uh, who did have a recording studio in Loudon County, but he uh, was moving across the country. And um saw a bit of a void there that we could fill.
0: Okay. Um, so so far, how long is it, how long have you been in the planning stages of this? It's
1: been let's see we're into. It's probably been about six months. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: And when are you planning on opening it?
1: We should be operational in August. Okay. Um, With our full services coming in uh, October, September, October.
0: Okay, so you have? Do you have all the equipment you need and and the stuff like that, or you are you hoping to raise money through the Indiegogo site to get everything up and running that way, or is the money there just for the facility itself?
1: Uh, We have most of our equipment um, from what we've done in the past. Uh, as a band, we actually have all of our own PA and backline. Okay. Um, so we'll be doing that. Um, but in terms of the reporting equipment, we are slowly buying pieces, uh, as time go- has gone yeah. on. But so we are hoping, um, the Indiegogo really is going to help, um, us pr- get things done faster. Okay. Um, we have, we have what we need to get started. We just want to be able to do more and a shorter
0: amount of time. Okay. And um, I also see that you're in the process of writing a book. Am I correct?
1: I am. It's kind of my, I, I'm a busy person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it sounds like it.
1: Um, yes, I'm, a writing, I'm writing a book. Um, it is uh, tentatively titled Dreamers and Doers. Uh, it's about helping dreamers, which I define as those who are out there who have all the ideas but less of the follow-through, Okay. Um, helping them to become doers, which is those who actually put their ideas into action.
0: And how is the book coming?
1: It's going really well, actually. Um, I've, I've got a pretty good um, start to it. I'm, I'm working on collecting some case studies, actually, of people that I know personally um, that will help me explain um, what we call as creatives, bloggers, social media influencers, um and how they've actually made a living doing non-traditional work okay because yeah they created people the dreamer side of it but they're also doers in that they actually figured out how to put that dream into turn that into a reality
0: one thing I think is interesting and I mentioned this to my wife before um, I came in to do this it is you're using the term creatives and yes. To me, that is, that's actually a very cool term because I don't think I would have used it the way you are, but there are a lot of people that feel that they are creative or creatives, but yet you're right. There's no follow through. And the only time there is follow through is if they have someone behind them pushing them or if they give their idea off to someone else and then someone else takes it. But then you run into the problem that the person that takes it isn't doing it the way the creative person thought it should be done.
1: Exactly, <laughs> and that and it's interesting because I, I a lot of the book is based on personal experience of being a person who constantly saw a need for change somewhere, okay. or came up with great ideas but just never did anything with them, um, and finally just saying, okay, you know, what? I'm just going to start doing the things that I say, um, and that's where that whole concept comes from: is sh- making that shift from dreamer to doer
0: which I think is, is actually very, very interesting to be able to do that because, like you said, a lot of people talk about it, but they never follow mm-hmm. through. Now, the one thing you also mentioned in the email that you sent me is um, about a local music scene. Now, you've been on the local music scene in Loudoun County for, what, 10 years, you said, correct? Uh, yes.
1: Yeah. We've performed um, more, actually, outside of Loudoun County, up and down the East Coast, okay. but... Um, but that's, But we have been, you know, in tune with what's happening in the area and try and really wanting to be involved. Yeah.
0: So when you started out ten years ago, how was the music scene for local performers at that time compared to today?
1: It's interesting because I think even just ten years ago, it was much less um, visible. Okay. Um. And and that could have been because of our ages. I mean. Um, our youngest band member is 15 years old. She'll be 16 actually okay. tomorrow. Um, <laughs> oh, happy birthday! <laughs> so, um, thinking about the ages that we were working with for uh-huh. a long, a big chunk of that, it, that may have been just because we weren't able to get um, to put ourselves in a lot of the of the um, venues that we could now. Um, but over the last few years, I, I, we've really noticed how the entertainment and nightlife um, has just blossomed in in the area. And um, the connections that are being made, I know um, actually Washington, D.C., the mayor right now is doing a very focused push for local music. Um, They put up a a survey where they were asking about um, just kind of the experiences of local musicians. Um, So it's definitely become much more... um, like I said, visible, um, in the last few years. The only difference would be, I think that especially in our experience where we started out doing complete all covers, um, an entire set of covers where we've tried to write original music and get that out there. And that's kind of where that last hurdle is, um, is sharing original music with the music lovers that we have
0: here. Um, and I've been, I've been interviewing musicians, um, over the last actually I've been doing it quite a lot quite uh, throughout my career but in the last yeah. few weeks I've actually interviewed um a couple of performers one from um one from Arkansas the other one's out of Nashville that I recently did and now you and they said the same thing as being able to get their own music out there because mm-hmm. when you go to these clubs and stuff like this these the the, the patrons feel that you're a cover band but yet you have your own music that you want to perform. And then once you can break that mold, it gives you a little bit more freedom. And now you can Mm -hmm. start to uh, create your own identity, which I think is very interesting. And the bands that I know where I'm at up in Southwestern Pennsylvania, they do the same thing. Now, of course they'll do venues where of course they have to play covers But they try Mm -hmm. to get their own music in there every once in a while so people understand hey, we are creative people. We can write our own music and we perform our own music too. And I think that's what I'm noticing more today than what I noticed 10 years ago because I think you're right. I think there is Mm -hmm. a big local push or a big push for local and regional music in areas throughout the United States, not just where you're at in Loudoun County. Sure. I mean, what's
1: happening, I think is that the music industry just isn't the same as what it used to be. You know, you used to cross your fingers that a record label executive would would right. walk into the bar and play. In yes, the middle exactly. Of the night. But now it's much more about actually finding your audience and building that support and that starts at home.
0: And what I think is interesting because of the internet and social media that you're actually able to do self-published stuff now. Put it online, promote it yourself, and actually find your own audience.
1: I mean, you think back to when you know when the Beatles started their record label, and it was such a big deal that they did it all on their own. Yeah. Um, nowadays, that's that's a lot of a lot of artists are doing it in their basement. Yes. Um, in their bed, um, and so it really comes down to balancing the saturation and the.
0: Um, the actual creativity of the industry. Um, Now, one question I had, and I asked the other performer this the other day, who just released her second album. Um, And I'll I'll ask you the same question, because for some reason to me, you have to have this in, in 2019 so people actually look for you, listen to you, and buy your music. So you've only done you've done one EP so far, correct? Yes. Okay. Have you done a music video with it? Yes, actually, we do
1: have a music video for our song "Unknown Soldier." Okay. Um, that was directed um, and edited by uh, my brother, who's um, that's his um, that's his bread and butter. Okay. He gets to do creative <laughs> all the time.
0: <laughs> that's really cool. Because it seems to me that whenever people look for musicians, they always go to YouTube first, type in the name and go, okay, this is what they have. Either there's concert footage or there's actually live. There's actually a video done for one song, just to see how you perform, how you react, and the type of yeah. music that you're playing. And I would have never done that 10 years ago. Today, sure. I see that being more prevalent.
1: Yeah, it's definitely interestingly more visual uh, than it was in the past. Um, if if it's not YouTube, it's Instagram, right? Um, and if it's not Instagram, it's probably Facebook. Uh, there's just there's definitely a a, um, a people are seeking that more visual uh, aspect of music.
0: Um, so on your first EP, and I know we're getting away from the studio here, but I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, when they, when you, when you had the EP online, was it, were you using one of the services to promote it, or like CD Baby, iTunes, whatever it may be, or were you doing mm-hmm. it off your own website?
1: Um, in terms of promotion, so when we published, we used TuneCore, and that kind of puts it out everywhere. Okay. Um, uh, and then when it, but on our website, we definitely had links to iTunes, Google Play. Spotify, okay. things like that. So it was kind of a little
0: bit of both, <laughs> which is which is actually um, confirms what other people are telling me too. Because again, I I know the way it used to be done, and I know performers that performed and actually had careers in the in the eighties and the nineties, and they're telling me when I talk to them that the new way of doing it is mind boggling to them because they never had to worry about taking care of themselves they always had a studio or a producer doing it for them
1: right right and that just goes back to that concept of, of it's 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 diy yeah. it's all it's all on the musician a lot of the time and then that that all, that actually Goes back to the studio um, and explaining kind of what we have seen and what we want to share yeah. with other musicians about creating the, that business mindset of their music so that they can move forward.
0: Now, if there was a, a group of people that came to you, that came to Blank Tape Studios, they just got together, they want to record, they want to record, or at least they want to record something so they have it to share, and they say they want to do this as a maybe not a full-time career, but they want to do it. What advice would you give them?
1: My advice would be make sure they know the value of their time and their music. Uh, That is a huge, 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 huge need in the foundation of how to change this perception of music, the local music scene, is really getting the artist to know what their value is so that they can actually present that value to the rest of
0: the world. Okay. Because I'm sure that people have approached you and said, you know, we're doing a charity benefit. Could you do it for free for us? And yes. um, I can I can guarantee that's happened to you more than once.
1: Absolutely. And at times, you know, that's, that's the right thing to do. Um, you have to be able to balance the, the difference between being taken advantage of and, and actually giving your music for good cause.
0: Right. So it, it it's very interesting and before I continue you're listening to WMCK.fm and also watching us on Fayette TV channel 77 and we're streaming on iTalknet.com as we broadcast from the Phil Giannetti studio Phil Giannetti Motors studio. From High atop High Street in Brownsville, PA. If you're looking for a quality pre owned vehicle, give Chip a call at 724 785 6800 and tell him Bill sent you. On the phone right now, we have uh, Kristen Marriott. We're talking about her new venture, Blank Tape Studio. And with the studio, you you actually have you have you actually had groups come to you and say, We want to be there the day you open? Yes, yes,
1: we have. Um, it's interesting. Right when we were putting all of this together, there was a, a Facebook group that started um, that was for local or loud and musicians. Um, so we, you know, we got involved with that, and and they are planning to start doing um, monthly meetups at the studio. Um, so we're already set there. We have um, a, a, band, a two bands that are ready to go. I know that we have um, our band actually has a couple of songs that. We want to get recorded. Okay, um, that we've been on. So, so we definitely have some people lined up. Which,
0: which is actually very awesome that these people are are backing you already before the doors even open. Um, yeah, which is very cool. Now, how are you promoting the studios in Loudon County?
1: Well, we have so we have the Indiegogo um, that we've been um, that we've been working with. Uh, we've been using Facebook mostly. Um, A lot of it has been in in the music, the local music groups that we are a part of. Um, And we're actually hosting a launch party tomorrow night um, that we have invited um, music school to join us so they can see kind of what we're doing and also members of the community, again, um, to show them how um, they can take advantage of what we've got going on.
0: I think the idea of having music schools there is actually probably a good idea because they can bring their students in and show them that if they put all the work in behind it, this could happen to them eventually.
1: Absolutely. And, and offering them, I mean, one of the great ideas um, that my mom has had about it was um, reaching out to performance art schools when they do plays if they wanted to come and record their soundtrack, assuming that they would be able to do that based on um, the legal side of it. So giving them those opportunities too,
0: well, um, to and, and doing it sure. in a way that's actually going to give them a professional sounding soundtrack. The other thing I thought of whenever we were talking earlier in the in the program is that it's also great for local church choirs for uh, yeah. holiday performances and stuff like that because you can actually um, single out certain voices. Because um, mm-hmm. I've seen people do try to do recordings and do CD sales from recordings they've done in church. And you know the echo there is just very difficult to yeah. be able to isolate that. So this would be yeah. perfect for them also.
1: That's a great idea. I'm going to to write that one down. We
0: didn't think of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a bill just to let you know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> just put me in under there as the creative consultant. I can do that real well from here. Um, (laughs) I think, I really think that there's a lot of opportunity there. And right now with what I've said and what you've said, I think you've just scratched the surface because I think there's a lot of things that you guys could be doing with this. And I don't think you're going to know the full potential of the studio until it's opened and running for a while.
1: Agreed. And that, you know, we're ready for that. We're hoping for that. (laughs) Um, this is, Really, what we have been—we've wa- actually, I mean, we've been talking about doing this video for a long time, and this goes back to the the premise of my book. It's no longer dreamers; we're doers now. We, right. we actually
0: grew, and I think it's very important for the local community to support local music because once it's gone, it's gone, and it doesn't come back. And I think, and I think that's very sad because in this day and age, and this is when we went, when we were talking briefly a few minutes ago about working for free, Mm -hmm. these people will go out and spend money on a big name performer. They'll buy the CDs, they'll buy the MP3s, but when it's a local band, they're not as willing to give that money up because they're going, well, you're just doing this. You're just practicing until you get your break you're just doing right. this until you get exposure. And I'm going no, we're doing this because we're trying to make money out of the deal. And they exactly. don't and they don't understand that because th- they're not valuing the work that you're putting behind it. Now, that is starting to change, especially in the area I'm in, especially in the Pittsburgh area and southwestern Pennsylvania because you're seeing a lot more of these these bands, these local and regional bands start to play more. And they're getting the large audiences, and there's a few that have crowds that rival some of the big performers, depending on when they're performing.
1: I definitely agree with that, and that's been an interesting thing to see as well. And um, I I think about, you know, I I don't know if you ever thought about the bands or or the musicians or that are big names that have come out of you know your hometown or anything like that. Um, Just thinking about that used to be. The, the standard and now we really can change that and give more artists an opportunity to have that same feeling um, and lifestyle by providing them with the support that they deserve from their local community.
0: Yeah and I, and I see how it's very important and, and I and I, I hold what you're doing very dear to me because my oldest son who is a uh, is a college sophomore now is studying mm-hmm. musical theater. And he sings. And if there was an opportunity for him to be able to go to a studio up here um, and actually be able to hone his craft in a studio and actually have recordings he can take with him instead of doing it in his bedroom. Because some of his professors that he has, that he has voice lessons for, they want him to practice, record it, submit it. If they had a studio like you, he wouldn't have to worry about the computer side of it or the recording side. Mm-hmm. He could just go in and relax and perform. And I think that's an awesome idea. Yeah, that's
1: that's awesome. That's great. Good luck to your son. Like that's fantastic.
0: But Loudon County is just a little bit too far of a drive for him to be able to <laughs> do that.
1: So. <laughs> Yeah, we have a full house, but he can come on down here and stay the night if he needs (laughs) to. Okay,
0: but the the thing I think is interesting, you meant performing schools. Do you have uh, local colleges or universities in that area?
1: We do. We have quite a few campuses, um, and so that would also be something we could reach out to. Um, I know that the particular campuses for some of the schools aren't necessarily arts-related, but we do have some close ones that we could get in contact with.
0: Because I think that would be a great opportunity to you also, and um, to be able to give you that that extra clientele that may benefit you in the long run. And another thing I thought about, too, because you're talking about audio books, I'm sure there's people there that want to do public speaking, too, but yet they want to be able to record it so they can hone their craft. And that would also give them just, just to be able to do the whole speaking aspect in a room where there's no one else, they don't have to worry about an audience, but yet they can record it and they can actually practice. So again, like I said, I think you have a lot of opportunities there and you're not going to know everything until you have everything up and running in August and October.
1: Agreed. But we're, like I said, we're ready for it. We're looking forward to it. It's just, just, just gotta get to the next point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what is that next point?
1: The next point would be uh, actually finishing um, outfitting with our equipment. Um, we are almost finished with painting and soundproofing. Okay. Um, and we'll be able to move our, our everything in. Um, so that's where we are. We're hoping, if not the end of this week, next week, we already have our official occupancy license so we can let people in. Um, but yeah, we're we're moving right along. Uh, once we get things moved in, then we can do our workshop,
0: and we'll be we'll be starting. So how can people get a hold of you at the studio?
1: Sure. So we have an email, contact at blanktapestudios.com. And then um, there's a um, a website we're building right now. should be done by the end of the week.
0: Okay. And that's at blanktapestudios.com. Yes, sir. And you're doing a fundraiser at Indiegogo. I love that name, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and right now, um, how long has the Indiegogo fundraiser been up?
1: It's been up since May. Okay. Um, and we have done what we can with that. Um, like I said, it's not our main source of, of, of um, income for the studio right now. We, we definitely have saved our funds and, and are using that for what we can. Um, it ends on July 24th.
0: Okay. So just a week or so. Okay. So if they want to contribute that way, they can go to the Indiegogo and look for Blank Absolutely. Tape Studios and be able to take care and, and be able to um, help you out in any way they possibly can. Yeah. Now, I know this is a long shot, but I'm going to ask anybody, ask anyway, because I know people do this. If people have equipment that they've used and they no longer need, would you be willing to take that?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because I know there's I know there's places and I know people that have had studios in their homes and stuff like that where they're no longer doing it. And mm-hmm. if if they would be interested, you'd be willing to take it, right?
1: Absolutely, okay. and I I am not the techie on the team but anything you got I, I will forward to my my brothers they will be the ones to to figure it out and, and know how to work it
0: <laughs> okay because i want to make i want to give you every opportunity you possibly can to make a success of this and i think if you can get more people involved even in Loudoun county or outside of the area I think that's the way to do it uh, because I think what you have here is I think you have a diamond in the rough, and once you get everything up and running, you're you guys are going to be doing really well.
1: Thank you. That that means so much to us. Um, it's been interesting because uh, working with your family is great, uh-huh. um, but sometimes you're all working together and you all have the same ideas, and and <laughs> you wonder if what you're thinking is a little bit you know crazy to somebody outside. Right. <laughs> But I, I really appreciate your response because it, it, it truly um, solidifies for me um, that we're we're going in the right direction. Well,
0: I really appreciate you taking time this evening to talk with us, and I wish you all the luck in the world, and I want you to do me a big favor. Once you get everything up and running, I want you to come back on the program so we can talk about what you're doing and, and everything that's going on. Uh, Cross my heart. I'll be there. Okay. So I I can't wait to hear how everything goes for you. And Kristen, I really appreciate it. You have a great night and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you real soon. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Again, a great idea. I wish more people in more communities would do something like this because I think there's a lot of very talented and artistic people out there that are looking for a venue like this. And I'm very, I'm actually envious that Loudoun County in Virginia is going to have something like this. And I hope that when this gets off the ground, there's going to be other people in other communities that say, hey, you know what, we want to do this too. And I think Kristen would be more than happy to help you set something up to get your own type of situation in the community that you live in. But again, very impressive. Very glad we were able to talk to Kristen this evening. And uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed for them and help everything goes well when they start, start the ball actually rolling. But that's going to wrap up a program for tonight. Thank you very much for joining us here on WMCK.FM and also on Fayette TV Channel 77. And we're streaming on italknet.com. And, oh, don't forget, i got to tell you this, too. We're broadcasting from the Phil G. Motors studio, high atop High Street in Brownsville, Pennsylvania. If you're looking for a quality pre-owned vehicle, give Chip a call. The number is 724-785-6800. I am out of here, everybody. You have a great night, and we'll talk to you next time. Here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander.